You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. What do DJs do once they start having small humans? As in, when you've led a life rocking to the early hours of the morning, does that equip you well for parenthood? DJ Levins is too turned up. Who is up? I'm Levins. Or not. Andrew Levins is a creative juggernaut. He's a DJ, he's written a cookbook, established the arts organisation Heaps Decent, which works with young people and artists from marginalised and disadvantaged communities, and he hosts multiple podcasts. He also has two children and a wife, so I'm curious how he manages to keep all the balls in the air without everything bursting into flames. Andrew, welcome to Kindling Conversation. Thank you for having me. So first question, did DJing prepare you for parenthood? Were you better equipped to deal with a sleep deprivation? I am, I'm very, very used to um, people who aren't as smart as they should be requesting things that I cannot give them. <laughs> <laughs> that is parenthood. And, and, not, a... and never, never accepting no for an answer. I'm very used to that all through the night. But uh, I actually found DJing, I didn't really, you know, it, it didn't prepare me that well for, for parenting, but... It is one of those jobs that people don't really associate with people that have kids. And I think it actually worked quite well because I was able to, you know, it definitely took its toll on me after a while, but it meant that I could spend the entire day with the kids. I was going to say, that just means you just never sleep. Exactly. You work all night and all day. (laughs) Okay, well, that that can kind of work. And, of course, DJing isn't the only thing that you do. And you've had lots of different creative pursuits over your, can we call it a career? Sure. Let's call it a career. Um. How is that a difficult thing to do with a young family? Because making those decisions and doing creative things isn't always the most financially secure thing to do. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of trust that comes from my wife, um, and you know, she she we we, we got over that. We, we before we even had kids, we ran a restaurant together. So every every tiny shred of trust that we could ever form with each other got formed during those years, and we were. I think that prepared us for having kids way more than uh, than DJing did, um, but. I think a lot of the, yeah, I mean, she, I'm allowed to do so much in terms of quitting things when other people might stick it out for the, for the, you know, for a while, see where a job goes. I, if I don't like something, I just don't do it. And, um, that, that, that's because my wife's very supportive of, of, you know, that I'm, I'm obviously never going to let things suddenly, oh, we don't have money this month. Like it's never, it's never ever gotten to that point. I'm, I've always got three things in the horizon that I could do instead of the thing that I'm desperate to quit. Yes. Well, that's good. I, I mean, I'm, and I'm also curious, I mean, my family's a bit like that too. We're both in creative industries and there's that, but then there's a the practical, how on earth do you manage things? So like you say, you have three things on the horizon, but um, so the way I manage my life when it gets confusing is just going crazy on the Google Docs and being super organized and having, you know, sitting down and going, okay, what's this? What's it? And my husband doesn't work that that way at all. But I find with creative people that there's got to be some way of getting your head around where money's coming from, where jobs are coming from. Do you do that intuitively because you've always had that sort of mix of things or is it something that you have to sort of plot out on paper? Now it is. When in, in the first few years of having kids, I would just, I'd work out what were the jobs that required the least amount of effort from me and I would do as many of them as possible. Um, you know, the, the kind of things that I could do on my phone while nursing one of the kids to sleep or, <laughs> you know, or, or like 
putting on an event and and doing all the work from bed instead of sleeping and then running the event and then I don't have to do another event until like quarter of the way through the year because that's going to fund everything until then. Um, and then all of the things that I actually like doing, I would make sure I would you know work that into my time. So it's you know I'm, I'm, I'm the, the the small amount of actual spare time I have instead of spending it on you know every every tiny little bit of time on working I'm at least doing something that yeah it is work but it's the kind of work I love doing something more creative or or fun I was gonna say because when you said that part about organizing it from bed I'm like that doesn't make it easier (laughs) (laughs) everything is easier when you're lying down (laughs) (laughs) no no no, I've oh actually hold on yeah I was just thinking about breastfeeding lying down that was easier (laughs) you're listening to kindling conversation we're speaking with Andrew Levins who is uh, many things, among which uh, includes a father of two children, a husband, a DJ, a cookbook author, a podcaster. Um, for most of us, Andrew, the way we parent is influenced by how we were parented or how we um, grew up. Have you consciously taken anything from your childhood and applied it to your children? Because, again, when it comes to your work-life juggle, traditionally, our parents, your parents would have lived in an era with that kind of working flexibility and creativity wasn't really a thing. What have you taken from, do you think, from your experience growing up? Yeah, well, I mean, growing up, my, my dad worked every day and then my mum worked weekends um, for, for a great deal of my life. So it was very rare that we would all be together. Um, but uh, I think even in spite of that, I think, I guess, spending so much time with family. I have two younger sisters and we spend a lot of time with our grandparents, spend a lot of time with our cousins. And so I try and I try and make sure that, the, that my kids see their families as often as possible. And then I guess the, like the biggest thing that I've taken from my childhood is just like I never really properly grew up. So I still, I still like, you know, you would have seen me walking in here today. I have two massive bags of me. They're both filled with comic books. And, uh, you know, I, I spend every, every, you know, every, my treat to myself is a box of Lego that I can build with Archie. Um, and then hopefully Matilda when she's a bit older as well. Um, I, I love doing all those things. I loved them when I was a kid and my parents were the ones who got me into the, you know, comics and Lego and cartoons, all these kind of things. And I never stopped loving them. And so my, my biggest fear is that my kids don't love them. <laughs> and They'll I, come I, home, Daddy, I want to do some logarithms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that, all, all those typical things that, that you associate with, with growing up, I never stopped loving. And so I have my parents to thank for getting me so passionately into those things and allowing me to still be into them as I got older as well. And That's what I was wondering. What's key about, what is key about that, do you think, that allowed you to keep enjoying the stuff you loved in your childhood as an adult? I think my parents are always encouraged, like, critically talking about things that I liked. And so if, even if, like, you've mentioned all the different things I do, and uh, I will do tours where, like, you know, I'll get talking to the, 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 the DJs from other acts that I'm on tour with, and they'll, they'll over the course of the two weeks that we're on tour, they'll find out all the different jobs I do. Like, wow, you do this too? That's crazy. But the biggest thing, the hardest thing that's for them to accept is when we're on a plane and I pull out a stack of comic books and I start reading comics. They're like, you're still reading comic books? <laughs> so I don't, I, it, it is definitely like this weird stigma. Like, But I think because I was always... Like, oh, Dad, you've got to check this one out. This one is about, you know, the war, or this one is about, like, you know, like, like treating treating every everything that I was reading as some form of an art art form or watching as a, you know, there there is a critical value in almost everything that we that we love, you know. So I think my my parents, because I was able to talk so well about even the dumbest things I was enjoying, <laughs> they allowed it to keep happening. What about um, 
any unconscious things? Do you think there's anything that you've, you didn't actually selectively go, this is what happened in my childhood that I would like to bring into my family that's just kind of naturally flowed? What, you mean the hand-me-downs that you can't say no to? Yes, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> no, you know, I, when you hear yourself saying something like, I think I say to my ki- my husband has noticed that he'll say, I'm not your slave, you know. Oh. And he goes, oh, mum used to say that all the time, you know, picking up after the kids or just phrases. Yeah, yeah. What did your last slave die of was what yes. my mum used to say. I haven't, I haven't quite slipped into there, but my kids are quite young. Yes. So, yeah, they're, I, they're, I think they're probably pretty good at leaving stuff on the ground, though, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think uh, a three-year-old or an 11-month-old know what a slave is yet, so I'll, <laughs> I'll save that one. <laughs> You're very optimistic. I love that. Um, so we have talked about a lot of the things that you you have been doing. Um, and, of course, I think with you, Levens, I could be wrong, but there is always something on the horizon. Mm. What are you working on at the moment? Well, at the moment, and this is like I, I, I'm, I'm – I'm, I'm in very early stages of, uh, of fi- I'm finally right. I- I've put out a cookbook before and um, I'm now actually, I've, I was asked by a, by a publisher to um, start thinking about writing some books for kids, specifically uh, like young, younger boys. Um, so I'm trying, I'm currently writing a, a superhero multiverse uh, for, for, for kids between six and 10. Brilliant. Yeah. Is it's it going to be a comic? Yeah. Uh, no, it's got, I mean, hopefully eventually, <laughs> but the first one I'm writing at the moment is a, like a little, a, a junior novel. Um, and it's really exciting. It's really fun. It's, the the funnest part of it is just saying no to everything else. I, mean, I have to I have to focus on this now. Um, and uh, so that meant a lot of the gigs that I don't like doing are just not doing at the moment and, and using that time to write instead, which is really fun. But I'm I'm hoping to have three books finished by the end of the year. Oh, first wow. one first one should be done by the end of the month. Oh, brilliant! Well, yeah. we'll have to get you back on then. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for speaking with us. Thank you for having me. That's Andrew Levins. He's a DJ, cookbook author, podcaster, dad, and husband. And if you want any more information about Andrew and what he's up to, we'll pop a link up to his website. Just head to kindling.com.au. <laughs> You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.